Welcome to Digging Up Ag Podcast. Through sharing research-based information from the University of Kentucky, our goal is to help you successfully enrich your farming enterprise while cultivating knowledge and expertise in agriculture. Now, here's your host. Welcome, everyone, to Digging Up Podcast. My name is Adam Huber. I'm the Allen County Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension Agent. And I have with us Mr. Adam Esses and Kevin Lyons. They are the agents in Hart County and then also in Monroe County. And, uh, guys, we have a special guest with us this morning. And um, we have the, com- the new Commissioner of Agriculture for Kentucky, uh, Commissioner Jonathan Schill. Um Guys, this uh, it's been a while since we've had a a podcast, and since the last podcast, uh, I somehow come up with a baby. So <laughs> we had uh, we had our first child um, on November the thirtieth. He came a couple of weeks early. Um, he was supposed to be doing the twelfth, but it's just been. Uh, and then I was off all of December, and so for our listeners, that's why you know we haven't had a, a podcast out in a while uh, for that reason there. Uh, so it's been kind of hectic around my place for a while, but uh, that's kind of uh, we're enjoying it. That's, that's I'll just say that we we're we're loving it. Yeah, well, good deal. Congratulations again, and uh, yeah, we're I'm out of the baby business and have been for a while. <laughs> for a while. I'm waiting on grandbaby business okay. now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully one of these days. But right. yeah, what your what's your son's name? His name is Stetson Lane Huber. So. Oh. Our Good preacher, he, our preacher at church, he said, uh, uh, he said, he sounds like a sheriff. He said, we'll, we'll call him uh, Sheriff Stetson. <laughs> or, or then, he, then he said he sounds like a rodeo, a rodeo rider. Yeah, he. I like we, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, we'll go ahead and get right to business. I know the commissioner's got better things to do than sit here and listen to us talk about our kids and grandkids. Um, but uh, if you'll uh, let me, I'll participate. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. You you got a few kids. How many kids do you have, commissioner? Too many. Too many. <laughs> I understand. I've got four. I've got a 13, 11, 10, and eight year old. Okay. Two oh, boys wow. and two girls. Good deal. Good deal. There, they are. Uh, there's something else. I tell you that. That's for sure. like I said. This is our first one, and uh, there's nothing like it. That's for sure. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I guess yeah. you stay busy at the at what cheerleading competitions, ballparks, and everything else, probably. <laughs> yeah, ballparks and dance. Dance. Uh, there you my, go. My oldest son's in archery, and then my daughter's in dance, and she does that very competitively. And uh, my my son, he uh, he likes baseball and basketball. My youngest son, and then my youngest daughter, she's not into anything yet. Six, but I'm sure it's coming. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Commissioner, uh, we do appreciate you. Just, you know, t- do you know taking some time to to be with us today? Um, if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of of your background. I know you know. Obviously, you are the Commissioner of Agriculture, and so with that comes you know. Uh, uh, a great deal of responsibility for our state um and you know we uh here in kentucky we you know we have really good uh, agriculture industry um and we of course take pride in that um and, and you yourself you you and and your uh your father and, and you know you all uh are farmers um so just give us a little bit of background information on just uh, your farming background and 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 that kind of thing yeah, I appreciate it, Adam. So we're uh, just a diversified farm in central Kentucky. We run several hundred head of cattle. We do background heifers 
and then we run about a hundred mama cows too. And uh, we raise those up to about 750 and sell them off. And then we've got about two acres under roof and greenhouse that we do hanging baskets, bedding plants, uh, those kind of things, mainly on the annual side. We don't do many perennials. We do some herbs and vegetable production as well with uh, raising the tomatoes and pepper plants, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, that kind of stuff, Brussels sprouts, uh, sell those in the springtime. And then uh, got in the pumpkin business a couple years ago. And uh, we raise, well, this year we'll have 30 acres of pumpkins. And uh, it's my favorite crop I've ever grown. In the past, we've done about everything you can do. We used to be uh, about 100 acre vegetable crop growers with strawberries, bell peppers, all the all the things like that. And then uh, used to raise about 200 acres of tobacco as well. We've been out of that for about seven or eight years. Got in the hemp business and out of it about as quick as everybody else did. And, yep. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just a, you know, diversified farm here in central Kentucky. Yeah, good good deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about the pumpkins there. We of course have that in common. We've, you know, you and I yeah. have been been uh, been friends for a, for a couple a couple of years now, and that kind of is what brought us together is our, our pumpkin growing. And uh, yeah, uh, we, of course, we grow pumpkins as well. You're on a little bit larger scale than I'm on. Uh, you've got 30 acres, and we just have you know one or two, so that uh, you're on a lot, much larger scale. But you are, you know, in that Lexington market up there. And that's right. a pretty good market to be in because, you know, right next to, to a bigger city, you know, it's easy for, you know, you got a good road for transportation and that kind of stuff there. Yeah. So I think that you're really in a good location as far as your, your market there uh, for your pumpkins. Yeah. And we built it out from our greenhouse business. You know, they'd been asking us for several years to get involved in the pumpkins because they wanted us to, you know, be able to supply them with things throughout the year. If I wasn't commissioner, we'd probably be doing Christmas trees and stuff like that in the, uh, on the farm, too, to kind of supplement that wintertime and right. uh, doing a little bit more uh, winter annuals, that kind of stuff. But, you know, Dad, he's uh, 68 and I'm commissioner, so it's just hard to add new things to the farm whenever you've, you know, you're spread pretty thin as it is. But it uh, the pumpkin business, I, I, I hate that you all are missing part of the brain trust here. You know, Brandon Bell just right up the road from all of you all. That's... <laughs> That's a, that's a guy I tell people all the time. I am a huge supporter of extension because my granddad, whenever I was growing up, he'd always go up to the extension office in Garrett County. I mean, almost every day, you know, y'all probably got them farmers that aggravate y'all like my granddad did. They're up there every day asking questions. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of times he would go up there just to ask a question. He knew the answer to just to see if Mike Carter was as smart as he thought he was. You know, that's, that, was that was kind of his deal. And, and uh, I just kind of it got bred into me that extensions the place you go for information and the yeah. place you go to learn. And so, you know, when I started growing these pumpkins, it's, I love telling this story because it shows what you all do at the network that you all are in extension. So I called my extension agent, Jay Hepmansberger in Garrett County. And I said, Jay, I'm thinking about raising 10 acres of pumpkins. And the first thing he said was, you're an idiot, but, but let me help you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so then, yeah, he said, are you sure you don't want to start with a half acre? And, uh, and I said, well, for the demand that we've got, you know, that's, that's about where we need to be this first year to see if we can do it. And so he said, I don't know anything about growing them. He said, I could tell you a few things, but he said, you need to call Brandon Bell down in Metcalf County. And uh, I said, okay, I'll do that. So I called Brandon Bell and I was telling Brandon and he basically said the same thing. He said, you're an idiot, but I'll help you. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I did, I started out with 10 acres the first year and we had a really successful crop, but that's not because of, you know, me being smarter, a good farmer. It was because of the information that Brandon gave me and everybody tells me that he gets all of his information from Kevin Lyons. So uh, I guess it may have been Kevin that did it, but I, I'm on the phone with him almost daily. I mean, Brandon and I talk nearly daily. 
And uh, I don't know how we farmed and did business before we had cell phones because I'll walk out in the field seven, seven thirty in the morning mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll see something. I'll just take a picture of it and send it to Brandon and he'll say, yeah, you need to spray this on it or leave it alone or that's just this or quit worrying about it. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just almost instantaneous information and consulting that you all are able to give us as farmers now. And I tell people that extension has made me more money than anything else because you all have the information that it helps to make our products and our crops that we grow uh, as as efficient and as profitable as possible. And so for one, I, I wanted to come on here today, Adam, and just say thank you to all of extension and what you all mean to the state of Kentucky. Uh, you all are an invaluable product that we've got in agriculture and you all do an amazing job with it. Yeah, we, we def- definitely appreciate that. You know, we, we, uh, we try to do our best, you know, help, you know, whoever it is that comes in that door and, and, you know, every day it's something different. You know, that's, that's the, yep. the, the cool thing about this position is, you know, every day is going to be something different that walks through that door. And, you know, some days it's, you know, going to be something that really challenges you. And some days it's something that, you know, you've had, you know, 80 questions about that. And so you already kind of, right. you know, know what to tell folks. Um, but that's, uh, for me, I don't know about, about the other guys, but that's kind of what I really enjoy about, you know, this position and, and just helping folks, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, commissioner, I, I don't know if, uh, if Brandon gets all his information from me, but I know he certainly <laughs> is the de facto pumpkin specialist for Kentucky. And I know he really enjoys working with you. He, he brags on you quite a bit. So, uh, but he is, he is top notch. I mean, you got to have a kind of the heart of a servant to really want to help people to kind of be successful at this. And I think we're Brandon, he, he's on his phone a lot and he wants to help people. So, but uh, yep. extension is uh, they always kind of call us the best kept secret, but I appreciate the good word. And uh, what I really like about it too, following up on what uh, Huber said is uh, we're not, we're not trying to sell anybody anything. We're just giving you unbiased research-based information that you can make your own call on and, and go from there. So I think it's, uh, yep. I think it's a big plus. It's, it's kind of funny that you say that Kevin, because the other night at the cattleman's meeting, I gave a presentation um, on our Lyme research project that we did. And I had more than, more than one person come up to me and, uh, and say, thank you so much for, not trying to just sell us something for telling us the truth and, and giving us the research and, you know, helping us save money rather than, than the folks come, you know, because every month here in, in the County, they have a you know monthly cattlemen's meeting and it's always a salesperson that comes in, you know, that sponsors the meeting. And I was pr- you know privileged enough to, ha- to, to be able to uh, do the, the, the February meeting. And, uh, and, and I thought that was really, really good that, you know, those 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 people they they do realize that you know we're here to help them and try to help them you know make money save money or whatever we need to do you know to to help them so i I appreciated that and 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 i thought it was a a good meeting and kevin on that point am i still supposed to come to monroe county next week or next month to do that for you i think next month is going to be farm credit We've had a change in leadership, and we've got some new new leaders starting in January. (laughs) We're going to get you in here, but but if you'll pay for a meal, we'll bump farm credit out. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I got you. No, I just teasing. Uh, But yeah, but but commissioner, uh, along that same line, um, I was at the Farm Bureau's uh, legislative drive-in day, and 
vice presidents and president's conference and and got to see you just a little bit. But you, you made some good points there at the legislative drive-in day about what your vision was for the department and some of your main goals. And uh, would you want to share some of that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the Department of Culture, you know, we're, we're known for doing the regulation and inspection of different things, whether it be the gas pumps, grain bins, um, bounce houses, and amusement rides. You know, we have that section of the Department of Agriculture. We also have the animal health side, which is where the state's vet, state vet's office is housed. We have KOAP, Kentucky Office of Ag Policy, which you all work very closely with, and extension all across the state with the ag development dollars and the ag funds that come down through the tobacco settlement fund. And then we also have the marketing division, which is where Kentucky Proud, Farm to Fork, all those kind of operations are housed, uh, shows and fairs with getting kids involved in agriculture. And I want those things running really well. So we've hired great people. There were already some great people here, and, and, and it runs really good here at the department. And I wanted to be able to apply and focus my attention on one specific thing, and it is the narrative of agriculture is economic development. And I think we've lost sight over the years, or maybe we've just never had the conversation of that these farmers are businessmen and women across the state of Kentucky. And, you know, they're providing a living for themselves. They're providing investment for the communities. They're providing jobs. And a lot of times we lose track of the fact that, you know, we're not just on the commodity side of cow, sows, and plows. You know, we're actually in the business realm as, as agribusiness people and as farmers. And so what I want to do is to, is to travel the state for the next four years and really talk to uh, Kentucky about agriculture being economic development, our, our economic development cabinet, our local economic developers, our, our, our local elected officials uh, working through extension, our universities and chambers of commerce so that they understand that. And there's really four main points that I've been working through every day. Whenever I wake up here at the department and the commissioner's office starts working, um, you know, we, we are focused on four main areas. And the first one is row crop infrastructure research and development. And so looking at where the infrastructure needs to be in the state for a row crop industry of where are the granaries, the elevators, where are the end users for these products and where are the commodities themselves so that we can find out where the deficiency is and the opportunity is in the marketplace on a row crop side. Because we've got a lot of farmers that are having to drive three hours plus in the state to be able to get their crops to market. Whenever you do that, that's a six hours out of your day. That's limiting the amount of time that you can be on the farm. Uh, collecting those commodities and, and it just costs more money and it's less efficient to be able to do it. And so looking at if there's ways that we can work with private sector investment to get more of these things built and available so that we can have access to the world market in a more meaningful way. On the research and development side of it, one of the conversations that we're having right now is when you look at your big corn producing states in America, North Dakota, South Dakota, Kansas, Iowa, kind of that corn belt, those are a lot of those states are net importers of grain because they're consuming everything in that state, whether it be in the feedlots or whether it be in the biofuels. And so when you have consumption, we can have production. And so moving our economy and agriculture, there's more of that part of the state, whether it be through feeding out our livestock or whether that be through the biofuels industry. You know, we've been in the biofuels sector for a long time with ethanol and biodiesel and vehicles. We're starting to see aviation fuels being a factor in that. And so Kentucky is really situated regionally best out of every other state. We have the third and 12th largest aviation consumers in the world right here in Kentucky and Louisville and Northern Kentucky airports. 
the three major airports in the state of Kentucky combined consume 1.2 billion gallons of aviation fuel a year. UPS alone in Louisville consumes 7.3 million gallons every three days. And so we've got that capability to be able to consume those products here. We've got the ability to be able to produce those products on the farm side. What we've got to figure out is how do we refine that on the refinery side to make that into a, a, an, a usable aviation fuel that's that's associated with the biofuel sector. And so we're having meaningful conversations on that across the state. Uh, we're working with the major billion dollar companies that are going to be consuming this from Amazon, DHL, UPS, Southwest, CTGS, all these other companies that are consumers of these products. And it's mainly based around the cargo side. But I think it's an opportunity. You know, it's it's still pretty preliminary, but we're really working through that to see how we can have more consumption of our row crops. The second thing is on large scale animal processing. We do a really good job on the poultry side and on the pork side. We've got to do better on the beef side. We've got to have a large scale processor in this state and really move us in a direction on the beef cattle. We're great cow calf operators. We're great feed feeders. We can be great feedlot operators here in the state if we've opportunity to do it. And that's going to take some infrastructure. It's going to take some education, mainly by our extension agents on how do we feed those out from 800 pounds to 12, 1400 pounds to get a consistent product. But they desire our cattle out west. There's no reason why we can't do that here. The third thing is on food production networks across the state of Kentucky. So when you think about all the places and all the ways in which you consume food, whether it be through retail outlets like Kroger's, Publix, Walmart, et cetera, you know, they have to get food from somewhere. And it'd be better if they could get it from locally grown Kentucky farmers. And so we're looking at how do we get more of that available in a commercial way from the farm into those distribution networks. We're also looking at how do we combine together purchasing powers of university, school districts, hospitals, nursing homes, addiction recovery care centers, jail systems, places like Kentucky venues, those places have to feed people every single day. I'll give you one example. ARC, which is addiction recovery care, mainly over in Eastern Kentucky and Central Kentucky. They have 1400 people who come through their addiction recovery care centers every day that are there. They have to feed them three meals a day. That's a huge purchasing power that they have and so we need to be able to capitalize on that in agriculture to find out where the processing, where the refrigeration, where the storage deficiencies that we have in the marketplace for vegetable production specifically to be able to get more fresh into people uh, in a meaningful way. The other thing is on more vulnerable populations, like in the Medicaid sector, working with our hospitals or nursing homes and others to be able to find out how can we get people healthier? Because if we can get fresher food in front of them that they can actually consume and use, we're going to hopefully get them back in the workforce. So it's a little bit of a workforce solution. The second thing is we're going to see better outcomes on the health on the backside with less heart disease, diabetes, et cetera. So we're going to be saving taxpayer money on the backside. And then the third thing is it's going to make our farmers more profitable because it's going to be people buying more of their products. And then the fourth thing is looking at on-farm retail, tourism and education of trying to help get more local markets available. So direct to consumer marketing and, and consumption of products farmers that have the ability to do so, to be able to directly uh, market to a consumer there and do that in a meaningful way. And so all of those things as we've worked through this process, what I've noticed is that agriculture in general is kind of just stymied out of the process when it comes to economic development, because a lot of times we've got the major investment. You know, if you think about a grain bin or an elevator complex, it's about a $30 million adventure, but it's only going to create 12 jobs. And so when you look at the incentive programs, provided by the state and other other places it's on direct jobs associated so 30 million dollars but only 12 jobs you don't get the incentives that you would in a factory that would be the same 
size investment. And so what we need to do is look at how does that multiplier impact those businesses? That's 250 farm families with 25 million bushels of corn or beans. That means truck drivers and other place, other, other jobs that are associated with it. So the multiplier is great ag. We just don't have the direct jobs associated with it. And so we're having conversations now about what an ag multiplier may look like on the incentive side. The other thing is on tourism right now, the minimum investment to be able to get the incentives on tourism is a million dollars. There's not many million dollar tourism outlets on the farm around the state of Kentucky. So we need to lower that threshold for ag specific projects so that we can do a couple of things. One, we have a tourism outlet and location for farmers to be able to get and utilize for tourism dollars coming in and out to be able to sell tickets and show people what's on the farm. Second thing is being able to bring students out to educate them, getting them earlier in life rather than just in high school with their ag education of getting them on the farm to see what's going on. And then the third thing is that location presents a purchase point, a retail center, so that our farmers can sell products, whether it be shelf stable or perishable items to the public. And so those are a couple of things that we've been working on. That's what we work on every single day are those four major points. And we're making some headways. We're getting down the road on a couple of really large projects and some conversations that we're having. But I wish that you all could be with me every day to be able to have the conversations, to see the things that I've seen, and to see agriculture from the eyes that I get to see it from. There's no better seat in the house than being the commissioner of agriculture for Kentucky. It's the best job in the world. And we've got the greatest employees here at the department. The partnerships that we have are unbelievable. And the opportunities that we have are endless. The future is really bright in agriculture for Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. Those, all, all those points that you just mentioned, you know, um, I think are, are really vital to our, our agriculture industry in Kentucky. You know, uh, I'm just sitting here looking at the uh, the ag census, the 2022 ag census that just got released, and you know, um, and this is for all United States, and it, you know, it's for Kentucky as well. Our our farm um, our farm numbers are ge- are getting are decreasing. Um, our the age of our farmers is increasing, and you know, at some point, you know, we've got to get new farmers into agriculture. Um, and with some of the stuff that you're, that you all are working to, you know, on at the department of ag, I think that, you know, that will, I think, intrigue a lot of younger farmers and the younger generation to, um, not only get interested in agriculture, but also to see that, Hey, there, there's an opportunity here for me to, to, to make some money to, you know, you're, you're trying to make it easier with the infrastructure stuff for our farmers uh, to be able to sell their products, to market their products. So, you know, I really commend you all on what you've got started so far. I think it's a, you know, a really good um, thing that you've got going. And of course, you you know, you're just getting started. You've got, you know, a few more years to, to kind of get this right. thing really going. And, uh, you know, I, personally, I'm really excited to kind of see what that looks like you know, for the long term and, and, and how it ends yep. up, you know, turning out, because like I say, I really think that, you know, it's uh, going to really benefit uh, our folks, especially, you know, in, in rural counties, like you were talking about with the, the, yep. uh, the snap kind of stuff. And so um, yes, sir. I, I really think it's a, a good thing that you've got going. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, Adam, one thing I noticed on, uh, and I don't think it's on this uh, Kentucky overview that I've got in front of me, but I did see something where 40, is it, am I correct by saying 40% of the Kentucky farmers work off farm full time somewhere else? Yeah. Is that right? It's at least that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but one thing I have noticed here lately is it seems like I'm getting more calls and more people that are in that farm transition process that are younger and they're looking for other ways. Mm-hmm. to make it work where they can stay on the farm. 
So it, it's yeah. it's a transition time, I think. Yeah, I think you're right, Tim. I think that's exactly where we are right now in agriculture is in a transitional period. And, you know, with the advancements that we have in technology, it's so rapidly changing right now that what we're seeing today in five years may not even be even close to what we're working on. I mean, think about having automated tractors. I mean, we've got them now. I mean, how many years ago would it have been just crazy to even think about having an automated tractor? I mean, GPS is still pretty new whenever you think about it. I mean, it really is amazing to think about the advancements that we're making every single day. But back to, back to the census part of this, two areas that I'm seeing right now that we're bringing younger farmers in pretty rapidly is on the poultry side. You know, poultry is something that you can cash flow a barn pretty easy. You can get it on a balance sheet and you can get capital available for it. We've got the new and beginning farmer loan program and about half of those loans that come in through Ag Finance Corporation are poultry barns that are coming in. And a lot of those are very young farmers. Uh, 20, 25 to 30 year old farmers that are getting involved in that buying four barns at a time and trying to get inside the poultry industry. The other sector that I'm seeing is on the vegetable production side and more on-farm retail. I mean, Adam, think about it with your location, what you all work on with just that tourism incentive that we were talking about. If you were able to recuperate 25% of your investment uh, with the sales tax that you would have put there, that's, that's new money one to the state because it's a new sales tax that's being created, but you're going to get 25% of that back on an investment that you would make on your farm that, that helps incentivize you to create a retail point there uh, at your all's farm. And it's the same thing all across the state that we could do this with. And what I'm trying to encourage people to look at is this is new monies for the state. So it's not like we're just wasting taxpayer dollars. This is new monies that would be coming in uh, for the bottom line. And it's these people's money anyways, you know, they would just be rebating and recuperating some of that back up to 25% on that investment that they make. And uh, it would help to bolster up some of our rural communities Think about how many people in Bowling Green there near you all that would love to come out to Monroe County and see how you all farm. And if you had more tourism locations on the farm that they could come out and do that, or how many school groups could come out uh, to take a tour, not just in the fall of the year, like what they do now with our pumpkin patches and corn mazes, but think about if you could get them out on the dairies out there in Monroe County, or if you could get them on a combine uh, in the fall of the season, or if in like the greenhouse business with us, if we had like a, on my farm, for instance, if we were able to have like an education center where you could bring kids out to work with their hands, you know, I think we got to get them, I think we got to get them younger and younger on the farm so that they can start falling in love with it quicker than just in high school. Yeah, Commissioner, you missed, Commissioner, you missed one thing that you got to do when you go to Monroe County though. What's eat that? Barbecue. Eat barbecue. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you this. I, I tell you my favorite place to eat down there lately, maybe just because that's where I get to go the most, is down at Flappers. I get that pork shoulder sandwich, and it's good. Yeah. There ain't nothing better than that pork shoulder sandwich. <laughs> that's, that's, I got a buddy of mine that says that says he'd rather eat shoe leather, but I like it. I prefer it. I like it. <laughs> it's it's good when it's uh when it's it's a little different. It's not pulled. It's it's sliced and it's got the vinegar based sauce. So that's kind of where they're digging me at. It's, that's Monroe County style. <laughs> hey, listen, I tell you something else, Kevin, that you all've got down there that I I'd, I'd kill for almost is Jeff Downey's um, sausage. Yeah. Yes, that stuff is good. Yes, I yeah. think he still uh, supplies flappers market with that. He does, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff's a great guy. I love him, absolutely. Now, now, I'll just follow up real quick on what, then I'll turn it back to you, Adam. On the the ag is economic development. I think that is, I've heard that uh, before some different settings, but I'm glad to start hearing it more and more because, uh, in extension, we're we're supposed to do. 
you know, we're supposed to do a little everything as the ag agent. If you don't have a hoard agent, you cover all that. You cover forestry, the whole thing. And then another part of your job is supposed to be community and economic development. So we try to uh, do some of that as well. And a lot of folks will hook up with the Lions Club or Chamber of Commerce, those type things. Uh, but ag is our foundation, not just here in yeah. South Central Kentucky, but across the state of Kentucky. Without it, everything kind of falls apart. It's the backbone. And so I, I kind of channel my energy on economic development toward Farm Bureau and helping farmers to try to try to improve their lives that way. Uh, but I commend you for that message. That's that's a winner, and that's the truth. That's yeah. that's a true message. Yeah. Go ahead, Estes. Oh, I think y'all just threw me off there for a minute. My wife's from Monroe County, and I, I, I I'm drawing a blank. Where's Flappers? Everything good comes from Monroe County. Fountain <laughs> uh, <laughs> Run. Flappers is in the, the middle the, of Fountain Run. Oh, right. okay, okay. <laughs> Little corner wrong market of, there. Wrong side of Monroe County from where I found her. At, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> she's from she God's country. From she's from about a mile where I live, so she's from God's country. That's Flapper, right. Flappers is next, next, right next to us. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you have been around if you've been, if you know where Flappers is. I, yeah. I'll, I'll say one Mail thing. You flipping. I know where it's all at. Down oh, there, yeah. So, <laughs> home for me. I, I get well, down there with you, Congressman, all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I got I another buddy of mine. Another buddy of mine's over in uh, overseas right now. You all know Nick Carter from over there. He uh, he's over there with the National Guard, so I keep up yeah. with him. He's he's safe. I talk to him about once a week. Yes, they got a long history of service. His dad kind of followed that same pattern. He was a medical doctor, and uh, was in the guard, and goes on mission trips and all that thing. And, and Nick is yep. a great guy. And, yep. and you're right. He he's he's serving us well and representing us well and helping helping keep us safe. <clears throat> uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Congressman Comer is, and I'm sure, is a good friend of yours, and and is taking you around to some colorful places. But it, just like, it's not that we're, you know, we often comment we don't even, we're we're not on the way to anywhere. Except if you're going to Dale Hollow, you might pass through Tompkinsville, uh, but that's the majority of Kentucky. Uh, yep. It's rural counties. It's I know we've got a lot of metropolitan areas, uh, but uh, the majority of our of our economic development in in the state is gonna it's gonna start with agriculture. People have got to eat. They got to have clothes. They've got to uh, have fuel. Um, I, I've heard this a few years ago, and I just and I then I'll quit. Uh, but I hope that we don't ever get to the point where the people of this country think we can outsource our agriculture, like we've outsourced yeah. a lot of other things, because we kind of yeah. see where that that seems like some on the federal level have kind of been a little bit indifferent to that over the past several years and um i appreciate your efforts to keep us going yes, sir yeah kevin and you mentioned there um you know about other countries and stuff you know <clears throat> uh moving up in the ranks in agriculture and i can't remember i was i was listening to somebody the other day from uk i believe it was or maybe somebody from farm bureau and they were talking about um how especially brazil is really you know increasing their agriculture production like by a lot mm -hmm. and so we really you know 
in the United States, we really need to kind of keep an eye on that and, and promote more research and all the things because, you know, right now, yeah, we are, we are the top of the, the list on agricultural production, but have you got somebody, you know, these other countries that really don't have, uh, you know, kind of the sky's the limit for them, we, we can get passed up pretty quickly. And, it, you know, it, and if that happens, you know, other countries that are buying our exports right now, they're going to eventually go to, to Brazil or China or somewhere else mm-hmm. to get their goods and their agriculture products. Um, and so I think that, and this is not necessarily anything that any of us sitting here on this meeting can probably have a big impact with, maybe the commissioner more than, than us, but, you know, just worldwide and nationwide for, for the U.S., we really need to be paying attention, like, you know, like you mentioned, and, 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 and really uh, think about what we're doing and, and that kind of stuff, because, you know, eventually we could get passed up in, in the agriculture um, production you know, market for our exports and, and things like that. So I think that's really important that we, especially for the future, um, is something we really need to, to be mindful of. I've heard, uh, heard it mentioned, you know, if you think being dependent on foreign oil is bad, try to be dependent on foreign food. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's a, you know, just a few years ago, we wouldn't have thought that would ever be the case, but following up what you said Huber and then I'm going to turn it over to the commissioner and, and we've probably kept him more than we should have but uh it's uh well we're competing against the world but it seems like sometimes we're competing with in our own country with the uh, farmland we seem like sometimes our government organizations are a little bit indifferent to agriculture uh EPA is an easy one to 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 mention uh but when you're competing against yourself uh that makes it doubly hard. So thanks for sticking up for us, Commissioner. Yes, sir. Well said, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate you saying that, Kevin. And it, oh, uh, no problem. with what we're seeing around the world right now, Adam, you're right. Uh, Brazil and Argentina specifically, they're increasing their acreages of our row crops that are out there. And it's mainly because of Chinese investment that's coming in to help with their infrastructure and building that up. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've got to be very mindful about uh, you know, just international relations in general when it comes to agriculture products, because the moment we make mad another country, they may cut off the supply and they go somewhere else. And so it's always very sensitive. I think of about 50% of our corn exports, about 60% of our bean exports in Kentucky go out of state. Um, or 60, 50 and 60% of our production is exported uh, out of our state. And so, um, you know, we've we've got to get to a point with what I was talking about of, of consuming more of that here for the end product so that we can control our own destiny. At times, in more of those Corn Belt states, when the market's at $7 on corn, they were having to buy it for $9 to put in the feedlots or put in the ethanol plants because they had to have it to be able to consume it. And so that helps us to somewhat control our outcomes here. You know, we've seen the decline of our market right now going from $16 beans down to 11 We've seen $7 corn go to 4 4 and below and that's because of this increased production out of Brazil and Argentina for the most part. And so we've got to be really cognizant of what we're doing on the international market to make sure that we're promoting as much as possible American grown and specifically Kentucky grown food products out. Um, but I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you all. I'd like to leave you with, um, you know, just two things is that uh, however I can be helpful to you all in the commissioner's office, I'm just a phone call away always for any of you all and your extension agents across the state that would be listening to this Second thing is how much I appreciate what you all mean to Kentucky from the extension side. Each one of you all have stories just like what I've told with how 
uh, Jay and Mike Carter and Brandon Bell and others who have helped me directly. You all have got those same stories in your counties with people that you all have worked with. And so I just appreciate what extension means to Kentucky agriculture. And uh, I appreciate the friendships that we all have and look forward to working with you all for at least the next four years, hopefully longer, but at least the next four. Amen. Thank you so much, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you all. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to join us today and uh, hope you have a good weekend. All right, you too. See y'all. Bye-bye. Thanks, sir. All right, everybody. That was the uh, new commissioner of agriculture here in Kentucky, uh, Commissioner Jonathan Shell. Um, you know, uh, guys, <clears throat> uh, you know, I've been, I've had a, you know, a kind of a personal relationship with Jonathan for, for a couple of years now. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, with, uh, the pumpkin production and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he really works hard. Um, I think really hard to, um, uh, especially seeing it, you know, on the campaign trail, like he was, you know, he was always like every day, somewhere different in the state talking to to farmers talking to legislative folks um and we forgot to mention that he was in the house of representatives the youngest uh one of the youngest ones in 2012 to even uh, hold office in you know uh, the state legislator mm-hmm. um so he you know he he has those connections with our 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 legislators you know with our farmers and and i really uh I uh, think he's doing a really good job as far as you know trying to figure out what our farmers need you know obviously he didn't just the stuff and his priorities that he just mentioned, you know, are not things that he just pulled out of thin air. You know, these are things that, you know, he talked to folks and, and got, you know, uh, an idea of what uh, what is important for our, our Kentucky farmers. And I really do appreciate, you know, him uh, uh, stepping up and, and taking the, on this role. Uh, you know, we've had some really good commissioners the past uh, few years, a few, few cycles, a few terms, I guess. Um, and, you know, some of those, uh, or, you know, we're going to be hard to, hard to, hard shoes to fill, but I think, I think we've got a good one that's really going to be uh, beneficial uh, for our state agriculture. Yes, I, I agree yes, completely. He's, uh, I think he's a, a, a very strong advocate for agriculture. Um, I think he's, uh, the way he lives his life and puts his priorities uh, or, or speak volumes of his character and uh i'm just i'm just excited uh, uh that he's there and uh i'm so it's kind of funny how things work and, and everything's about timing and sometimes we can't see the purpose i think or the reason why something happens but you know he he got uh he got uh, defeated in his race that time when he was in the house of representatives after he had helped flip it to the republicans and he kind of paid the political price for it but I'm just wondering, you know, if that hadn't happened to him, would he have ever run for the commissioner's spot? So you just right. don't, you just don't know what's, what's in your future. Uh, but I do know he has a, a lot of faith and uh, he demonstrates that. And uh, I, I, I appreciate what he said about extension for sure. But more than that, just Kentucky farmers. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he mentioned, I know he mentioned the network uh, in extension and I, I'll tell you all, I appreciate you all, you know, cause it's, he's right. It is a network because I find myself more than, well, probably all too often, honestly, if somebody mm-hmm. asks a question, I find myself saying, well, I don't know, but I'll help you find it. I'll help, mm-hmm. help you find an answer. And and that's where you all come in. Cause everybody seems like everybody's got their specialty. Everybody's got something they're really, really good at or multiple mm-hmm. things are really, really good at. 
And uh, again, I appreciate you all for the network, part of the network. Uh, same here, same here. Y'all, y'all been great to me and uh, helped me along the way. But uh, it's kind of a little bit of a advice I've gave my kids over the years. I don't know if they'll listen to all of the stuff I say or not, but I do think they they realize this. I said if you're ever heading somewhere, no matter where you're at across the across the nation, and you have trouble. Contact the extension office and they will help you. Don't matter if you've lost your wallet, if your car's broke down or whatever, they they will find a way to help you. So Mm -hmm. I I truly believe that. And so, yeah, you you guys are great to work with. I surely enjoy doing these things with you all and all the other things we kind of collaborate on with our counties and Barron and Metcalf. It's just, it's just a really good team that, that we've got in place right here in this little spot. And, yeah, and, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it takes the, uh, what is it? The teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and speaking, and speaking of teamwork, we do have a few programs that we need to just talk about for just a second before we jump yeah. off. So February 27th, we have a fruit tree printing workshop and that's going to be in Hart County. Um, so if we have folks on here that are interested in that, um, you can call any of the, uh, Monroe, Allen, Barron, uh, what are the other counties? <laughs> Monroe, Allen, Barron, Metcalf, any, any of those Art, counties Metcalf, in the band. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Call those, call those folks, tell them you want to come to the fruit, fruit tree workshop and, uh, be glad to do that. That's at one o'clock and, and SS that's in your County, um, at Denison's. Yep, Denison's Family Farm. Uh, people may know it by Denison's Market, Roadside Market. There, it's in uh, Horse Cave, right off of Thirty One E. Yep, yep. So that be looking out for that. Uh, also, <clears throat> on March the eleventh, uh, for our cow calf producers, we have a cow calf conference in Bowling Green. That uh, it's a fifteen dollar registration fee for that. I'm I'm actually I'm going to go to that. That seems like that would be a really good uh, program for all of our beef producers. Uh, if you're in the cow calf. And then for our tobacco folks, um, March the 4th at 6 p.m., we will have a tobacco gap training. Um, we know how much our tobacco producers love those trainings. <laughs> uh, that will be at 6 <laughs> o'clock in, in Barron County. Um, so if you're interested in that. You're um, being very kind. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, you can go Everybody on. Everybody loves a three-hour nighttime <laughs> educational <Yep>. program. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially now that we're not uh, not giving food out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but you can you can go on the Gap Connections website and get yeah. registered for that uh, if you are a tobacco producer. Um, so, but uh, there's a a million things that we could continue to talk about, but I think we've about expired our time here today. But we'll hopefully get uh, get uh, back together here pretty quickly and, and get some more podcasts uh, recorded for our fall of our folks. Um, it, the 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 winter meeting season is coming to an end it, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel um yep. and spring is uh, upon us you know we've got a lot you know springtime we get start getting a whole lot of farm visit calls and stuff you know folks bringing stuff into the office mm-hmm. uh soil test all that kind of stuff um so it uh it's about to start the the excitement for the year is about to start so yeah Absolutely. adam we may uh we it may we ought to remind people that uh you know if you've got your private pesticide card or have had it in the past you know make sure you take a look at that don't wait Mm -hmm. till the day you need some 
uh, a product and go into retail and they say, nope, your card's expired. We can't sell yep. it to you. you know, uh, look at that card. Make sure it's not expired. If it is, give us yep. a call. Yep. Uh, we'll try to set you up with a trainer. Absolutely. And and I've had several people come into my office that brought their card in that said 2024 on it. They thought it was already expired. It actually expires in December, the last day of December of 2024. So if you do have one that says 2024 is the expiration date, you're still good until December of this year. So I've had, right. had plenty of those come in. Um, so, but uh, Kevin, you got anything else? Anybody else got anything uh, before we jump I on? just wanted to say, I thought it was a great, great episode today. And I appreciate you setting up the the interview with uh, Commissioner Shell. So great job. No problem. I think he did did an excellent job, and like and and like I said, you know, I'm I'm kind of excited to see, you know, to work with him and see kind of, um, you know, what the future for Kentucky Agriculture holds, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. So, well, I guess, I guess we we'll can just say uh, go big blue and call it good. Then, yeah, we <laughs> won't get you started on basketball there. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll be here for another three hours on that rant. Gosh, oh, I tell you. Yeah. Anyways, that's, is that that that's that is what it is. Yep. It's tough being a UK fan this year. It's just uh, a it's a yeah. it's a higher or low, but good yeah. deal. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate y'all. Good seeing yep. you all. Yep. yep. No problem. We appreciate all of our listeners in list all of our listeners, and uh, catch us again uh, on the next show. Thank you for listening to today's show with Digging Up Ag. We hope you join us back next time as we discuss various agriculture topics. Until then, please write a review and subscribe to our show on the podcast platform of your choice. We'll see you next time.